In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Hey guys, do you struggle with blocking a consistent time to grow in your relationship with God? Would you like to learn some time-tested and simple ways to grow in your relationship with Jesus from yours truly? These are things I've done all my life. If you want to know about that stuff, stay tuned. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, I salute you. Hey guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, your host of Spotify's number one podcast for Christian men. This is Equipping Men in 10. Hey guys, let's jump into me, the podcast this afternoon or whenever you are listening. And I want to talk to you about how I grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, I came to Christ not because I'm afraid of going to hell, not because I want to go heaven. I came to Christ many, many years ago because I wanted to have a relationship with God. Very, very important to me. So here's how I do it. But before I go into that, I want to tell you this. I have been a vocational minister my entire life, which means I'm paid and expected to read my Bible. I'm paid and expected to attend church. I'm paid and expected to pray, give, serve, all these things. So when I'm talking about my relationship with Jesus, these are things I do beyond the context of my job. These are things that I do for my own personal uh, devotional life and and, my, and growing in my relationship with Jesus. So I'm just going to unpack a few things and ways I personally practice prayer. The number one thing I want to tell you, number one out of this list, is I have certain rules about prayer when it comes to people. And here it is. I do not pray for people. I pray with people. So when somebody comes to me with what I think is a prayer request, maybe it's a pain point, you know, maybe they've got somebody in their life who's struggling, I take the opportunity to pray with that person. I did that a couple of times just last night at one of our men's gatherings. The second thing I would tell you is this. If you say you're going to pray for somebody, do it. So if it's online, if it's a phone call, uh, if it's a situation, maybe you can't pray with them in person and you tell them you're going to pray with them, make sure you pray with them. If it's in person, pray with them. If it's not in person, pray for them. But if you're going to say you're going to pray, make sure you do it. So here, here is not what I'm calling random. These are random rules about unceasing prayer. I know some people love the word unceasing prayer. You know, Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, he said, pray without ceasing. And so if I were to 
take that phrase and try to unpack that theologically, I would say this, and this is the rule. I said, I pray for people, circumstances, and opportunities when they pop in my brain. So when I'm driving or I'm uh, in silence somewhere or I'm in the shower or wherever I am, if somebody's name pops in my brain, I pray for them. If a circumstance pops it pops in my brain, I pray about it. If an idea comes to my brain, I jump out of the shower and I write it down on my phone, you know, my yellow notepad. Literally, it's not a pretty sight. I do that. So I, when I hear the voice that I determine is uh, God prompting something in me, I make sure I deal with it now. The third thing I want to tell you is this. It's really important. Find a war room. So yeah, it, it is important to be in a state of unceasing readiness or unceasing prayer. But Jesus, throughout Scripture, constantly, constantly, constantly went to pray. You know, Judas knew he would be in the Garden of Gethsemane because that is where Jesus went to pray. That was his go-to place. So find a war room. So for me, the first thing I do when I come to my office in the morning, because this is kind of my man cave, I feel comfortable in here. Uh, I can darken the room. I can darken the shades. I spend an hour in here, uh, probably five to four to five days a week, just praying. And when I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying a couple things, and I'm going to share those with you in a bit. But the most important thing is block a time where you will do this. For some of you, it's your car on the way to work. That's when you get your prayer time in. For others of you, uh, maybe it's at uh, your church, going to your church and praying. Some others, maybe in your in your house somewhere. I don't know where it is for you, but this is what I would recommend. And now the next one is what I call the Pareto principle on prayer. This goes back to Vilfredo Pareto, who is an Italian economist. And he had this 80-20 rule when it comes to economy. But what I want to say is I have an 80-20 rule when it comes to prayer. And here it is. And I'm an extrovert. When I walk into the room, I suck the oxygen out of the room. I like to talk. I like to socialize. I like to engage. But when I pray, I spend at least 80 80% of my time in silence and uh, reflection and solitude and 20% of the time max in actually using words to pray. We have mistakenly told our culture that praying is talking to God. In fact, I just heard a sermon on this a couple weeks ago that praying is talking to God, and I don't think it is. I think praying is turning to God. The talking follows. So so what are the mediums or what are the methods I use when I pray? When I pray, I use three methods or three outlines, and here they are. The first one is the Lord's Prayer. I believe that when Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer, that is an outline. It is not meant to recite by memory. Now, if you want to know what that means, you can check out episodes 585 and 587. I love praying the Lord's Prayer, and man, if you pray that right, it takes a, it takes quite a while. Uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful prayer, and it's it's the way that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. So I think if Jesus did it, and if Jesus taught it, I think it's good enough for us. But to not get caught in monotony, I like to mix it up. One of the things I like to do is I like to, I like to reverse engineer Psalm forty six ten a. So Psalm forty six ten a says, "Be still and know that I am God." So I will reverse engineer that when I pray. And if you want to know more about that, check out episodes 473 and 583. The last thing I like to pray in the mornings is I like to pray my personal vision statement. Now, I wrote my personal vision statement when I was 32 years old. I'm 57 years old. So you do the math. I've been praying this statement regularly 
most of my adult life. And my personal vision is very simple, to glorify God with my spiritual shape, letting him mold me through humility into his image, loving my family with honor, living each day to the fullest with courageous abandon, leading others with grace, and leaving a legacy through writing, speaking, and change lives. And that is a five-part prayer, and I will just work myself through that prayer uh, praying for the people I love, people praying for the people that I work with, you know, reflecting on where I'm at in my journey. And it's just a very, very rewarding time for me in prayer. So that is what I do for prayer. I hope that helps you guys to uh, dial in the, the 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 scope a little bit on your prayer life, because guys, this is not a religion. This is about a relationship with Jesus. And so if we're going to have a relationship with God, we have to do more than read and learn about him. Man, when I first discovered Shanna existed. Her name was Shanna Haley. I asked everybody I knew about her, but it wasn't until we had a relationship that that relationship blossomed. So guys, make sure you head on over to our website at menarena.org. Grab your free copy of my book, Tell Them What Great Fathers Tell Their Sons and Daughters. Be on the lookout for my new book coming out. It's a free resource for you called Man Laws, 100 Ways to Have Your Man Card Revoked and Rules to live by. Man, by the time we get that book out of maybe 105 ways, I keep getting man laws coming in. So, but check that out. You're going to love that resource and make sure you sign up to join one of our many virtual teams. Guys, that has got to be the next logical step that you invest in you. Get involved in a virtual team. We are hearing stories of life change. Man, we're having family trees change because of these virtual groups. You need to sign up and do it ASAP. Click the Join Our Program button on our homepage. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. Pray like crazy. Be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men's from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.